Welcome to Minnesota Military Radio. I'm your host, Doug Wortham. I have the distinct pleasure of spending some time with you today. On today's show, we're going to have a conversation with the Community Relations Officer for the Minnesota National Guard. Then we'll check in with the Minnesota Department of Veterans Affairs and hear about the field operations team. And finally, we'll round out the show hearing from the President of the Minnesota Association of County Veterans Service Officers. But first, it's time for Generally Speaking, a weekly message from the Adjutant General of the Minnesota National Guard, Major General Sean Mankey. According to the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration, almost 30 people a day are killed in drunk driving crashes. That's one person every 50 minutes. The Minnesota National Guard relies on the health and fitness of its soldiers and airmen to achieve success. That's why it is important to have a plan in place if you decide to drink alcohol. Rideshare apps like Uber and Lyft are an efficient and affordable way to avoid having to drive while impaired. If that doesn't work for you, be sure to have a sober driver on call to take you home. And if all else fails, be prepared to sleep on a couch or floor. That's a better alternative than spending the night in jail. If you have to ask yourself if you're okay to drive, you already know the answer. Please don't drink and drive. Thank you, General Mankey. For more information, please go to minnesotamilitaryradio.com. Joining me in the studio is Captain Kristen Ort. Uh, Captain Ort enlisted in 2007, served as a military police officer with the 34th MPs, and uh, then deployed in 2021 after receiving a commission in 2012. I should point that out, too. So in 2021, deployed to Kuwait in support of Operation Spartan Shield and is currently the company commander of Gulf Company 134th Brigade Support Battalion, and on the full-time side in the Minnesota National Guard, serves as the Public Affairs Community Relations Officer. Captain Ort, welcome to Minnesota Military Radio. Thank you, Doug. I'm glad to be here. So did I get most of that correct? Yes, absolutely. All right. So 34th MP Company. Um, I was an MP, so we've got uh, that going for us. So I like you already. And uh, let's just hear a little bit about your career, though. Why did you join the Minnesota National Guard? And then ultimately, what led you to the position you're in right now? So I decided to join because I wanted the uh, education benefits, for one thing. I was going to go to college and become an officer. That was my overall goal going into the military. And also kind of proved everyone like, hey, I can do this. So if I can do it, anyone else could pretty much do it. Because yeah. I had a lot of naysayers back in the day. Um, and so... Um, I've worked now as a logistics officer, and okay. so I do a lot of coordination with uh, people and moving of things, you know, to support missions. So um, public affairs was kind of my, like, next thing that I wanted to move into because I just loved seeing, like, the messaging they were able to do and the stories they were telling about our service members. So yeah. I wanted to be a part of that. And so then the opportunity came about. Um, so how long have you been full-time with? The Minnesota National Guard. So I have been a technician now for the last two years now. Okay. Yeah. So you had a good chunk of your career as what we would call an M-Day or a traditional soldier. So you're serving that one weekend a month, two weeks a year, cough, cough, right? Uh, minimum amount of service. And then you had the opportunity to go on full time. And you saw that as uh, in the public affairs uh, department. So you've been there for a couple of years now. And did you get hired right into the community relations officer position? Or is that something that just came about? Yeah, so I actually was getting coming back from deployment. And I was kind of looking out for career opportunities. And I saw that this position had opened up. And so I took the chance and applied for it because I've been wanting to get into the public affairs sector somehow. And I was like, community relations, that's right on my alley, you know, yeah, planning events, you know, coordinating with people and just having a good time with people and networking. So it was right on my alley. I decided to apply and kind of, I got lucky and landed the position. 
And so you deployed an op, uh, in support of Operation Spartan Shield, which is actually what the 34th Infantry Division just walked out the door to uh, get ready to do, to take over that mission and inherit resolve. So you got a little bit of uh, experience in, in understanding what they're going to, especially work in the public affairs department. Uh, whenever you're having to tell those stories, you got some firsthand knowledge. So that must be pretty beneficial for that. Oh, yeah, I would definitely say so. So community relations in the Minnesota National Guard, um, really, what does it mean to be a community relations officer? So my job is to kind of be that liaison between the National Guard side of things and then making sure that we're able to connect with our communities that we serve in. So we have soldiers all across the, you know, the state um, and airmen as well. So we have both of them. And my job is to kind of connect the two and be that liaison. And when um, organizations or communities are looking for some military support to come out and just be present, my job is to coordinate that for them. So, and so even though you are a member of the Minnesota Army National Guard, because you are a soldier, um, in your position, you're um, supporting both the Army and the air and trying to tell those stories, make those connections. Yes. And... Um, now, have you had to kind of go through a steep learning curve so that when you're uh, talking about Air Force stuff, you, you kind of understand what you're doing over there? Or how is that? Yes, there is definitely a learning <laughs> curve to that because I am still learning certain terminology that is, you know, making sure to say like soldiers and airmen, you know, that yeah. that terminology, making sure to include that because we're not all just soldiers. There are airmen. So, yeah, I think that's one of the hardest things uh, for many of the leaders in the organization is to get used to bringing that inclusivity into that conversation, right? Because you're so used to whatever branch you're in, always saying soldiers or, or airmen, but not often putting the two of them together. Yes, that is so true. And so, um, all right, so you make some of these connections. You, you want to make sure that you're touching each of the communities so people understand what the Minnesota National Guard is, what we have to offer, what we bring to the community. So can you tell us maybe some of the ways in which the Minnesota National Guard supports some of the community events going on? Yeah, absolutely. So we have the opportunity to request senior leadership to come and speak at events. Um, they love to provide remarks um, for a lot of the events that happen, um, especially like Veterans Day and Memorial Day. Those are our two highest requested events. Uh, we also have the opportunity to provide vehicles for static displays or touch-a-truck events for you know, like the younger generations to see and come and check out our equipment. Uh, we do flyovers um, for events as well, so we can coordinate with our, either the Air Force or with the Army side, and we're able to co coordinate those flyovers to support events. Um, typically, those are with roughly 5,000 or more personnel in attendance to get those ones. And then um, we also offer um, the recruiting command as well. They're able to come and support events as well, so we, we work hand-in-hand -hand with them as well to support some events too. And it should be, uh, <clears throat> excuse me, it should be noted that if someone wanted a senior leader out of the organization to speak, say, at Memorial Day event, uh, they might be behind the power curve right now in making that request because those requests fill up and the availability is only so much. And, you know, you can't have the adjutant general at every single event. And, uh, you know, he also still needs to, you know, live a personal life. So what kind of advice are you giving to people when they're uh, thinking about bringing someone in for an event? Yeah, so um, relatively, I tell everyone that within 90 days of an event that's being requested to have the request forms turned in, we utilize the DD form 2536, which is a form used to request non-aviation assets, and they just put on there requesting a speaker to come and speak at our event, and this is the event. 
Um, it gives us the five W's of what the event is mm-hmm. so that we can tell the senior leadership, like, hey, this is what they're looking for. Can you support this event? Here's when it's happening. Um, but typically 90 days is what I would we hope to get. Um, some have actually reached out sooner, um, up to like six months out, yeah. just to make sure that they have someone locked in because they know that, you know, our regular um, uh, supporters, they, they know when to send their requests in to us. So. Yeah, I mean, if you want to get uh, something out of the Minnesota National Guard, a senior leader, um, a display of vehicles or a flyover, obviously sooner is better than later, as much leeway. Um, you know, because I know that there's still some of the uh, the wickets you have to go through to get certain approval based on the event and, uh, you know, what what it is that someone's asking for. Yes. And so the DD-2536, that form, um, easily um, available out on the Minnesota National Guard website. Um, I'm sure there's directions to get there and how to fill it out and who to send it to and all that kind of stuff. Yes, there is. It's on. If you go into the National Guard's page, um, we do have a support request our support tab on the very top. Just click that. It'll bring you to all the forms that we use to include the DD Form 2536 for non-aviation, the DD Form 2535, which is for requesting aviation assets to come in support, as well as forms for requesting the band and military funeral honors as well. Okay. And they're all located there. And then there's an email also on there already that they can just click that email and send it right to us when it's done. Yeah. Oh, well, that's that's good to know. And so the listening audience uh, throughout all of Minnesota, if uh, they're looking for some support of an event that they're hosting coming up, uh, that's the place to go. It doesn't really matter who you know. It's you got to get that form in so it can go through the process. And we'll talk a little bit about that process in, in just a minute. We're going to take a quick break here, and then we'll come back, and we'll get into some of the other standing partnerships and things that, uh, that you have uh, going on as the public relations um, officer. Uh, this is Minnesota Military Radio. Please stay with us. We'll be right back. Welcome back to Minnesota Military Radio. I'm your host, Doug Wortham, and in the studio with me, carry over from last segment, is Captain Kristen Ort, and she's the Community Relations Officer for the Minnesota National Guard Public Affairs. And uh, so, Captain Ort, uh, before we went into break, we we're just kind of talking a little bit about, you know, some of the events, the forms, that type of a thing. But I'd like to know, what are some of the, the standing partnerships that you really have uh, in the community, right? So, um, we know there's a ton of relationships, but there are some that are just the standing relationships. I'd like to hear a little bit about some of those partnerships that you have. Yeah, so some of our significant ones are with our actual sports teams, professional sports teams, um, the Minnesota Twins, the Minnesota Wild, Minnesota Vikings, Minnesota Timberwolves, and the Minnesota United. So we've had a really good uh, partnership with them where we are able to get our soldiers there to support their events and um, also attend them um, in mass groups sometimes, you know, to acknowledge our soldiers and all they've been doing. Um, we also are able to do some family recognition for soldiers when they're deployed, uniting people. So it's been a great way to kind of connect our story with that of, um, with the professional sports teams. And it's really great to see the people's face light up when they're out there, you know, on the ice or on the court, you know, being recognized in front of everybody in the state. I think that that's a great, uh, you know, neat opportunity for our community to see our soldiers, our airmen out on the field or in the arena or whatever. And so those relationships have been formed over many, many years. And, uh, you, you know, how does something like that that start? I mean, is that where the organization has come to you? Um, is this something that kind of developed just, you know, happenstance? You know, because it is a great, great partnership to have. 
Yeah, so I'm not sure on the whole entire background of it, to be honest, uh, but I know that it is just having the connections within those communities, um, whether a service member knows someone that's working full-time with, you know, the Minnesota Wild or with the Minnesota Vikings, and they sort of connect those dots together to build that relationship. And then as the community relations officer, my job is to go in there and maintain those relationships, you know, and see what they need every year. So when it comes time to their season starting, I reach out and be like, hey, what do you guys need from us this year? We're happy yeah. to support you. And I think that, you know, it's important to talk about because I remember a period in time where there was some big controversy about about pay to play. And I know because I was serving at the time in the position I had, that was not the case in Minnesota. Um, it's because of the relationships that we've had with these professional teams where they are actually um, saying, hey, no, we want you here. It's a part of our uh, good doing, if you will. And uh, so, no, we're not getting charged a marketing fee to come out on the field at, say, a Target Field or something like that. That's the Minnesota Twins saying, no, we want you here. And, oh, by the way, please bring X number of, uh, you know, Vietnam veterans or whatever you can do. And so then all that falls onto your plate to start organizing some of that stuff. Yes, it is part of the whole public affairs team because all those events are just so, so large scale that it requires our whole team to really, you know, work together to support all these events and make sure we highlight so much of our National Guard and what we're able to do. And I would imagine that that partnership then goes beyond even those professional sports teams, but then to the other branches of the military that have a presence here in Minnesota as well. Yes, definitely. I also work um, hand-in-hand with a lot of the um, – we have the Marines uh, Reserves here. We have the Naval Reserves. Uh, Coast Guard Reserves are up north in Duluth. So I do reach out to them as well to you know, get them involved in everything. Joint Color Guards are a great opportunity for us to get all of them involved as well. So they're great to have and uh, to come and support events as well. So I think that, you know, things like the professional sports events, whether it's a military appreciation day or some other special recognition, I I would put those in the category of, hey, those are no brainers. We're going to support those things because it is good for the organization. It's good for the community. But there has to be a process, though, to screen out. Um, a bunch of requests that you either just can't support or may, I don't want to say you don't want to support because we know you can't support everything, but, but there has to be some way where, you know, you, you have to be able to say no. And so what does that look like for your organization so that you're not every day doing something and then you never get like other work done? Yes. Yeah, so we use a weekly meeting. Um, it's called our engagement working group. We use it to take in all the requests that come in and we file them on there. Um, it's on our computer systems to follow, um, to put everything in there. And we go through with uh, multiple entities across the state, like our um, J3 personnel, which is our operations group. Um, we have the director of communications on there. So we have all the different entities across the National Guard on there. And we go through each of them and discuss like what is being requested, um, what support is needed, when is the event, and then um, we also have our legal team review Which it as is well. the big one. Yes, it is. Very much so. Um, we have to make sure we follow the joint ethics regulations. So right. our legal advisor on that call always ensures, like, this does meet the legal like, requirements for us to support or, sorry, unfortunately, this one does not fall within those legal re- ethics areas. So we, have, we cannot support that one. And so if somebody submitted a request, generally, what kind of turnaround can they expect that uh, they would hear, you know, yep, we are still considering, or no, we just can't, or maybe it's been approved already because it's something that was so quick. Yeah, so if it's one that's more, um, the timeline is sooner to come up, 
I typically let them know within two weeks that I should have an answer, so that it gives us time to get at the memos that we have to utilize to get approval all the way up to the tags level. And so um, I typically tell them two weeks before I reach out to them to let them know whether or not their event is approved. And then if their event is further out, I let them know, like, hey, uh, we appreciate you reaching out. We are going to work this to see if we can find support internally, and I will get back to you, you know, roughly a month out prior to your event, just to let them know what's happening and also to connect them with whoever is supporting their event. Now, we already talked about, you know, from a professional team's perspective, you know, the the goodwill, I guess we can call it about, you know, doing like a military appreciation event or something like that. But from the Minnesota National Guard's perspective and from your chair as the community relations officer, um, what, what do you see as the benefit to the Minnesota National Guard to doing this? The benefit we get is that we're back in our communities, um, places where we live, where we serve, where we work on an everyday basis. We're able to get back out there and connect with the people that we see every day and let them know that we're not just, you know, soldiers or airmen. We are also people. We're here to help. We're here to support you. You know, don't be afraid of us. If you see us out in public, we want you to come say hi to us. You know, we're here to, you know, let you know about